time for another episode of Occam's Razor, a podcast about the unexplained. Brought to you on podcast radio with your host, Jim Bedshaw. We have been visited for, for a very long time indeed, and that the phenomenon did not start in, in 1947. We are back live on East FM 88.1, 107.1 after sorting out our technical problems. Uh, Occam's Razor episode 47, Sam Collier from Haunted Auckland is here. I'm Jim Birch, your host. Very special guest star coming all the way from Sydney, Australia, who hopefully can hear us now, uh, Julian Lacave. Can can you hear us now, Julian? Yes. You can, you, excellent. Um, the technical issue was... Uh What's on your hand and not mine? I'm sorry. It was no. It's a, it's a little bit embarrassing. Let's be fair. Um, it's it looked like some sort of microphone issue. I don't know exactly what it is, but the marvels of modern technology are such that we can just gloss over that as much as possible and also get rid of it in post production editing. Uh, Julian, so you are the well, you run UFOParadigm.com. Uh, we had you on the show a few uh, episodes back, actually, when Roger Stankovic was on. But um, I thought it'd be good um, or, or pertinent to have you back on, given the um, just how much UFOs and, and the whole alien vibe, for lack of a better term, is is blowing up at the moment. Um, with that in mind, um, tonight we're going to actually look sort of more the um, historical aspect of UFO sightings and contact, and and try and get some answers to questions such as uh, how long of how long have these uh, visitors been here? How long have they been observing us? Who really knows? Let's try and get to the bottom as, as much as we can on that. Julian, a little bit yep. about your website, first of all, relatively new. What uh, what do you aim to achieve with it? Oh, look, um, it was only online about two months ago. The objective is, uh, two objectives here. One is to reach out to other UFO activists and researchers and scientists around the world because I like to uh, broaden my horizon and and try to understand what's behind the UFO reality. The second objective is to uh, educate the general public. I don't like to use educate because I I think it's more about trying to reach out to the general public and, and, you know, trying to make them understand that this is a reality. It's not a question of I believe or I don't believe, but more about accepting this reality and and, and how, what's the impact on society. So I try to promote other documentaries from other colleagues around the world and uh, write articles myself, share some news, especially around the military and what the military is um encountering and experiencing around the world and um, promote some books as well and um, there's a forum and people can join the the mailing list so it's really about connecting the dots by connecting with people yeah yeah i mean it's a well-worn paradox these days that the internet has um you know in in the age of getting us more connected has, has driven us further apart um, to an extent, so it's it's good to um, you know push. Well, not push. It's probably the wrong word, but to open people's eyes to the possibility of, of um, you know life on other planets. Because a lot of people are uh, 
lot more closed-minded than us, aren't they, Sam? Definitely. Um, now, Sam, you're an evidence-based guy. We know that. I mean, you love a good ghost story and a good UFO story and the like. But it, we, tonight we're going to talk about the arbitrary date of 1947 comes up a lot in, in ufology. Um, the reason for that is the, the Roswell incident, which is basically the barometer, the um, the yardstick for the UFO community to to sort of, you know, there was a time that kicked off so to speak, and, and it led to a time in the 1950s where saucer fever was everywhere and that sort of stuff. Putting a logical hat on is, which I don't often do, it's, uh, let's be fair, but what are, what are your thoughts, Sam, first of all, just on, you know, uh, how long have we been having visitors come and see us? Well, I mean, it's, like you said, it has become quite popular yeah. um, from a certain point. And it's sexy at the moment, aliens, let's be fair. It is It is sexy at the moment. Yeah. And, of course, you, you do see... Um, you do see patterns forming, you know, with with uh, certain TV shows as well, yep. um, and and cinema as as well. And you know, if you if you look back to descriptions of aliens, um, they they have sort of changed over time as well. Um, whereas it's kind of stopped at the grey alien sort of mm. area that we um, know right now. Yep. Um, Julian, um, how much pushback do you get from people when you, you know, try to try to broaden their horizons, so to speak, or, or are people these days a lot more receptive than perhaps they used to be about the UFO phenomenon? I think people are more receptive now. What I can get, the worst situation I get is a laughter and, oh, do you believe in UFOs? But <laughs> I don't feel... It's a bit of can. a mis... Sorry, didn't interrupt. It's a bit of a misnomer, that one, though, isn't it? Do you believe in UFOs? Because we all know UFO <laughs> means, you know, an identified flight. It doesn't mean flying saucer, but I think as, as time has progressed, people have, have, you know, the two go together now, don't they? The thing is in Australia now, the reality of... Um, you know, spacecrafts. I like to call UFO spacecrafts because I think a lot of the phenomena is explained by spacecraft. You know, we, we yep. can physically see them. There's um, there's radar sightings by the military's objects, mechanical objects flying in all impunity in our skies. And this has reached the mainstream media a little bit in Australia. I guess my direct friends and family, they know about my interest in this, so they are very curious. But, the you know, when I, when I talk to students or when I talk to business people or the business community, they are very interested indeed. And um, I think um, the perception of the general population is changing or people can now talk about it a bit more. So uh, it's an interesting time. Some will say it's too slow, but I believe it's a radical shift in the last five years, yeah. and that's very interesting. It certainly feels like we're at the crest of a wave, Sam, at the moment. Um, it might just be us because we're, we're tied in with the people who, you know, think outside the square a little bit, or, or do you think, you know, disclosure it's on its way? I think disclosure is on its way. Yeah, people are. They've softened us for it now. A little bit more open to it. Mm. Um, but uh, I mean, my personal opinion is we're we're only being allowed to know as much as they want us to know. Yeah. By they, I don't know, probably government officials or something like that. Yeah. You know. Um, but there is a slow. It's a bit of a creep paper sort of that's been scrunched up at the moment. It is. It is slowly sort of unraveling, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and you know, a little bit. And I think it's um, Julian. I don't know about your your perception of this, but it, it seems almost like a giant litmus test at the moment that these um, documents are being released. Um, we saw the the Pentagon documents and the like to almost placate the UFO community to, to an extent. Uh, is that what actually is happening? Or do you think that, you know, the, the government is keeping the juicy stuff 
stuff to themselves and sort of just drip feeding it just to see how we'll react basically yeah look exactly you've got the answer in your question and like sam just said i think they they they're drip feeding the general population um and they're using internet to see if uh, you know we they, they can they can see what we are interested in your keyword searches and what's popular online and so it's all about a very slow and careful disclosure now i think i with my uh, very um you know with with my research um i can see that there's potentially some factions within um government agencies some are for more transparency some are for more secrecy but generally speaking there's definitely um you know there's there's a lot of information that's been uh, kept secret from us and and what we have access to is is a very slow uh, disclosure mm. because I think the reality is um, is if not you know it's it's quite scary I, I believe that most of the reality of the UFO phenomenon which is very broad and diverse we could talk about this as well I think it's very scary and uh, a lot of people will run to the hill and um, and markets could could crash I mean so it's a very mm-hmm. serious topic for the military and uh, for those in power and. And uh, the number one priority of the military and 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 government officials is to keep control. And so, so you know, we, we don't have access to the whole reality. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Using the hypothesis that we are being visited by extraterrestrials, in your opinion, how long do you think the powers that be, we'll call them they, as Sam did with inverted commas, because we don't really know who they are, um, but we've got a, we've got a, an educated guess with a B, you know, government or, or military of some kind. How long do you think they've known? Do you think the that arbitrary date of 1947 where the, where the Roswell crash, was that the point that kicked them off? Was that the first time that the powers that be um, had evidence or, you know, something conclusive, or do you think there was, it was... It predated that. Is that for me? Uh, Correct. Yep. For you, Julian. Yeah. Oh, well, look, it's a very good question. Uh, we we know very much that um, there's been um, the, the UFO phenomenon has been going on for decades prior to World War Two and centuries. And if you think about the powers that be, like you say, um, you know, the, the Catholic Church was the power. Uh, for centuries, and it is my humble opinion that the Catholic Church knows a lot about UFOs and that it's been going on for centuries. And we could discuss that tonight if you want, talk about paintings and talk about um, even um, art and and stories about tribes in Africa or the theories of Graham Hancock on on ancient civilizations. But I believe that... The phenomenon is not new at all, and uh, it, it can be difficult for someone to realize that time time is an illusion. Mm. Time can, you know, if well, it's you a hum- it's a human construct, isn't it? I mean, that's just something that we've made up. That's right. For us, it's very it's very easy to think that centuries and millenniums is a long time ago, but t- time in physics uh, is is very much something that you can play with and uh, if you study a bit of uh, quantum physics or string theory uh, you know uh, so of course and 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 if you want to be more uh, specific that there's been sightings of tic-tac ufos because the, the tic-tac thing is the, the the buzzword at the moment but sure. there's been sightings of 
tic-tac UFOs in the 1930s by pilots in North America. And uh, so... I actually for it's, it's my it's funny you say that Julian I saw a photo actually a couple of days ago um not in actually in relation to any research I was doing for the show but uh I think it was 1932 somewhere in uh Iowa and it was UFO basically flying vertically um, much like um our friend Bob Lazard uh, described it that well they do so there's, there's obviously some precedent distinguishing that from some of the classic UFO photos sort of around the same period you know where where someone had thrown a hubcap into the sky and taken a picture of it um, <laughs> we're, we're sort of somewhere in the middle but between those two Sam I just want to bring you in here a little bit because you you deal obviously in the paranormal realm how do we distinguish indigenous folklore effectively from evidence of ancient alien visitation i guess it's a personal preference as well mm. um you, you also got to be very very careful not to offend people when it yep. comes to indigenous cultures and things like that um but personally for me i, I think you know we're getting to a point where the writing's on the wall you know yeah um there's there's depictions that would scream that um early man was in a craft of some sort, whether it's a depiction of a spacecraft or not, or, you know, it might be something towards depicting mm. um, childbirth or something like that, being inside the womb or, or something like that. I've seen, I've or seen, an allegory for something else. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, you know, uh, the finger paintings on the cave walls of, of uh, ant men and things like that, um, or star people as, as they've called them, I think, in, in – uh, in Mexico or something. Like that, I, I suppose how do we distinguish that, Julian, from um, an act of imagination? I suppose we still don't understand dreams, do we, as humans? Um, you know, could our Neanderthal friends have been having dreams about flying, you know, spacecraft and, and perhaps, you know, drawing that on the wall? Yeah, I agree with Sam. But look, the in, in Australia, where I migrated to from, from France, uh, there's rock art depicting very clearly some very strange faces and uh, I believe spacecrafts. Uh, the Aboriginal people talk about the, the sky the sky people um, coming from the sky. Um, there's the story, there's lots of stories uh, for example in, in Mali in Western Africa where a tribe called the Dogons uh, they were aware of um, a binary, solar system called Sirius B, uh, where, you know, they said to the first anthropologist of Western Europe that there were people called the Nomos, they called them the Nomos, and that they came, they came to, to, their, to their land in, in Western Africa centuries ago and explained them where they were coming from. And, mm. and at the time, we could not prove that. And it's only in the 1970s with our powerful telescopes that we could actually identify the, the Sirius B system, which is indeed a, a bi-solar system. Um, mm. You know, um, so there's interesting stories there. You, yeah. uh, I was referring mm. before to, to Graham Hancock, who has been uh, researching a lot on ancient civilizations. So I think there's a lot of the past that we, we don't know about. And, uh, and, and Graham Hancock turns to- up a lot of new stuff, doesn't he? You know, he talks about the electrification of pyramids and, and all the knowledge of that being required and that sort of thing. And... Um, yeah, it's certainly every day, you know, people are opening up new, you know, discoveries, aren't they, in terms of that realm. You know, history's being rewritten at a more rapid pace than it ever has. Um, a lot of that's yeah. to do, well, most of it's to do with the internet and information sharing and access to, you know, information where you can marry one against the other and, and make your connections yeah. that way. So that that's, yeah. yeah, 
Interesting. Um, in a time, as I was just saying, we're talking about sort of um, indigenous folklore and, and star people and, and things like that. In a time that was, I don't want you want to use a, a, a term like ignorant or more ignorant than, than it is now in terms of people thought the, the sky was falling when, when thunder came came to town. How do we separate the, what I'm getting is, how do we separate the evidence that we've found for ancient alien visitation versus what emerging cultures what may have, you know, told in narratives and painted on cave walls and things like that, Sam? I think I think they, worth note, they drew what they saw and that there has got to be a certain level of honesty towards that. And they had no reason to lie, I suppose, is the first thing, right? Well, I mean... No, but they're also storytellers as well. There's no reason to believe that they weren't going to make up a fictitious story, but, um, you know, fiction's got to come from truth somewhere, so they've got to base the idea off something. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, I think it's it's highly interesting that some of these things, you know, it's undeniable. Undeniable. Have we still got you there, Julian? We might have oh, been back online now. Are you back, Julian? I got yeah, I'm just worried that my, my two-year-old baby girl is going to be heard in the radio and I'm oh okay so you just uh, well that's happened before isn't it? we've all seen that uh, YouTube video of the fellow doing the interview and uh, <laughs> children burst in the day door followed by his uh, wife at 100 miles an hour so yeah you'll be right you're not you're not live on screen Julian so uh, let's let's start talking about some evidence eh, for the existence the most well-known ancient alien theories and the like uh, tend to tie in places like the Nazca lines in Peru and uh, the aforementioned Egypt and pyramids and anything by the Mayans, um, you know, that that have some interstellar links and that sort of stuff. Has there been any recent discoveries you're aware of, uh, Julian, that sort of, um, you know, threatening to twist the narrative in that in that regard? Any new discoveries or? Um, uh, look, um, that's a good question. Um, but uh, I think that um, what you've just described are probably a reality. Um and uh, also, I want to talk about, um, you know, if you look at history, for example, um, you don't have to go very much far in the past. For example, I think many have heard about the mass sightings of uh, uh, Nuremberg in Germany in yep. uh, 1561, where there were uh, sightings of UFOs uh, above the city of Nuremberg. And how, how were they described? And also, well, they were, if I remember correctly, and uh, they were talking about, um, you know, balls of fires and, uh, you know, at the time, the vocabulary was a bit different. We're talking about chariots, chariots in the sky and we're talking about uh, fightings between um, objects, flying objects. Um, but clearly there was something that uh, marked history. In India, we I think we've heard about what they talk uh, in Sanskrit about vima, viminas or vimanas, which in Sanskrit uh, means uh, flying machines. Uh, and there's been also rock art found in uh, in caves in India that are about ten thousand years old uh, that clearly depict uh, the typical flying saucer. Mm. And then you could look at paintings from uh, Western Europe. Um, the, crucifix the crucifixion of Christ from 1350, uh, the, the, the Madonna uh, uh, late from the 1400, the, the triumph of uh, summer tapestry, it's a tapestry from 1538. You can see flying saucers in the sky or the baptism of Christ from 1710. 
and I'm very interested in these uh, paintings and, and tapestries because they, they are they are a few centuries old and they are from our civilization. They are from from the Western uh, world. So, mm. but in terms of your question, in terms of um, you know um, ancient uh, civilizations in in South America, Central America. Yeah, there's some very interesting uh, research that's been conducted there as well, and that indicates to the possibility of uh, a relationship between um, Homo sapiens and uh, beings that are not from 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 our civilization. Whether they are from this earth or not, it's another question. But they're certainly not from our civilization. I think Sam the. Gap between one civilization ending, you know, let's use the Mayans as an example. Um, And obviously they they still have descendants today and and, and legend and folklore to, you know, that's a lazy term, but that's the one I'm going to use for this is is passed down. um, And that's how we know about these things happening now. Do you think once one civilization ends, the secret to an extent goes with it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. And there's a little bit of social conditioning as well. It's like... You know, where where do they draw the line between that was history and that mm. was just a cautionary tale of some sort? Uh, you know, just, uh, and it's very difficult to prove it is, now, yeah, yeah. Mm, because of the elapsed time. So that's that's part of the issue, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, every culture in in the world, indigenous culture particularly, has a has a story. For me, it's when the stories get blended into the su- the supernatural blends with tales of extraterrestrial visitors. I think. It just becomes very hard to distinguish, uh, and a chain of evidence is obviously disrupted because of one civilization ending or, or whatever, and moving on. And I think it leaves more questions and answers in that regard. Um, unless there was some sort of ancient men in black, perhaps your friends from the Catholic Church, Julian, that um, that got to these people and said, you know, you got to keep your mouth shut because this is the biggest biggest story in history, and we're going to keep this a secret for another thousand years or so. Yeah, look, um, but this is a this is a serious discussion here, and um, we don't have. To, I believe that it's important that we start discussing this subject uh, with family and friends. I don't think we will. We may never get to the bottom of this, but we need to be able, as a species and as a society to understand the ramification of such um, reality. I think what I'm trying to do is, because I, I went, I started to research on, or to, to, to read about UFOs when uh, after, after discovering, after reading a lot, many years uh, about quantum physics and uh, string theory, cosmology. Um, so I was reading books and I came across the Fermi paradox and uh, I don't need to explain the Fermi paradox, but it is obvious that um, the consequences of um, discussing the topic has profound ramification in our society. And um, and also, I like to, when people ask me, so what do you think the UFO reality is? What do you think that is? What, what do you think these, um, you know, is that... Green, little green men from Mars, or is that um, you know, is that spacecraft from another planet? I, I like to think that it's a it's a range of options. That is, it's it's a, it's a very complex reality, and I like to think that it is um, it's p- potentially, and I believe that uh, I, I, I tend to think that it's a 
we're dealing with various species of humanoids uh, with spacecraft that can maneuver between time and space, and they're coming from other planetary systems uh, and other solar systems in our own galaxy. I think at the same time, we are dealing with uh, intergalactical civilizations that are advanced, you know, the type two or type three um, civilizations from the Kardashev scale. Uh, at the same time, we are potentially dealing with uh, an interdimensional reality. And when you look at uh, quantum physics and string theory, there are dimensions potentially that are uh, um, existing as well. So it's it's a multitude of phenomenon. Um, and, and I'd like to, to have that discussion with the general public in the mainstream media, not necessarily trying to uh, discuss what the church knows or doesn't know, but to try to discuss the physics and the fact that uh, there's, you know, there's billions of stars and billions of galaxies in the universe. So, you know, we are definitely not alone. I mean, th mm. this would be utterly arrogant to think that we are alone and the most advanced civilizations uh, in, in the galaxy or in the universe. Um, so this is what I'd like to talk about and the impact on ideas and philosophy. Mm, and just this week, we've seen um, that that light can be bent around the back of a black hole, or we can see that light now as well. So there's all sorts of, um, you know, one time we thought going into a black hole was, a, the, you know, the be on end or you'd be lost into space and all that sort of stuff. And now we're seeing what's behind it effectively. So if we're getting to that point, and, and obviously dark matter and these sort of things recently, they've, they've discovered that. We basically can't see everything that makes up space to an extent. Our alien friends could be sitting on their balconies and waving at us, and we we just can't see them. Simple as that. Um, that's you know, yeah. it's one theory, that's obviously. Right. But it's and, and then and then you've got the theory of the multiverse theory, where uh, our observable universe is, is just a bubble that's been expanding. But there's mm -hmm. all the bubbles. There's all the universes. So you could have entities or advanced civilization coming from other universes. And I think it's interesting to be able to discuss that from a scientific point of view without being ridiculed. And I think, um, you know, you don't have to have proofs um, when you want to develop a theory. You know, theories are uh, ideas that we need to discuss. And until they're, they're proven wrong, uh, it's interesting to, to discuss these theories and develop ideas. But if we talk about ancient aliens, um, there seems to be to me that there's actual proofs, you know, that that we have been visited for for a very long time indeed, and that the phenomenon did not start in in 1947. Can I'll direct this to Sam, and then I'll ask your opinion again, Julian. Um, can religion and extraterrestrials, if they make themselves known, coexist? Big question. I'll put you on the spot, and I. I'd like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to think they could, but probably um, a difficult question. I would think that possibly religion is part of the reason why there is such, uh, you know, a, a bit of a cloud over yeah. over knowing what's what's really going on. Yeah, I think um, you know, eventually, if the truth was to come out, some of these religions might have to change their minds. Yeah, and they'll have a bit of explaining to do. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's open to that. Yeah. And it would rewrite everything that they'd um, been worshipping, basically. We hear about, you know, Catholicism. Julian mentioned it earlier. The Catholic Church has 
possibly had interaction with extraterrestrials. I don't even know how to how to sort of quantify that. If that's if that's the case, then that's you know they've done a very good job of hiding it. And I think you know, yeah, but you know, I think it's a couple of years, three or four years ago that the Pope of the Catholic Church said to its um, its members that it was okay, and I quote to believe in aliens and to believe in God. It was compatible. Mm. So if you look at uh, that on the internet, you will see that that's what the Pope, uh, the current Pope said to the um, the Christian, the Catholic community. Well, he's-, uh, he's Look, I'm, mm. I'm not uh, a, a Christian or Catholic myself, but uh, that's what he clearly said. And he's, um, you know, he's probably the so most progressive Pope in history, obviously, um, which, you know, good on him. He's opening up the, you know, the the um, chamber for debate, so to speak. But it's, I mean, that would have never happened throughout history. You know, the frankness of the openness and sort of thing, and the fact he's someone, someone in his position is saying that. It's actually mind blowing, really, in a way. Um, it is. It is. And and again, when you think about who has had the power on society for the past two, let's say, two thousand years. Uh, it's been religious institutions and more recently um, economic forces. And mm. so I think both sides don't want to lose control of society mm. because they have the power. But um, I like to believe, and, and that's a personal um, theory, that religions are born, that they, they, you know, they've been they've been inspired by um, interaction between humans and other civilizations. Just looking at, I don't want to go too Giorgio, so to speak, on on this when we talk about ancient aliens and stuff, because I think there is a danger in tying everything back to, to um, you know, the common thread, as, as it were. I realise if you're trying to make a TV show, you could entertain people. Um, and, hey, you know, what, what's better than, than um, basically linking every sort of thing you find painted on a, an, on a cave wall or dug up in a... You know that that resembles a UFO or an aeroplane or some something ancient for well, something from a time where these things didn't exist. Anyway, I suppose for me, I'm still waiting to see something concrete about uh, alien habitation. And one thing I've always thought of: you know, you hear about Easter Island, you hear about uh, Stonehenge, and all that sort of stuff. If aliens were involved in their construction, wouldn't they have made something a little bit more sophisticated, Sam? Um. Depends on what tools they had mm. at the time. Um, like if they flew the, there, though, they, they probably got some pretty good hardware, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, they probably have. I yeah. mean, there are stone structures around the wall, uh, sorry, around the world, you know, walls, yeah. where uh, they've been carved. These huge, mm. big slabs of stone have been carved. I mean, how, how could anyone actually do that without the proper tools? With alien AutoCAD or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Um I mean, some of the obviously, I'm not putting everything into that basket. I mean, Stonehenge. The the feeling is it was druids, and and the stones were dragged there from North Wales or, or South Wales or something like that, wasn't it? So I, I'm not putting everything in that basket. Um, but I just think you know it's easy to muddy the waters between ancient civilizations and and their their appreciation for what their gods were and, and building structures to honor them. You know. Yep. If you didn't know any better and you were thinking, look, all our crops are going to die this year, it's probably best that we, um, you know, drag a few stones up and make a, you know, offering of some kind or, you know, celebrate the summer solstice or, you know, whatever they're up to. I don't know exactly what they're up to. We can only guess. But, I mean, for me, that 
that's part of it. What where do you sit, Julian? We talked about cave paintings and stuff like that. Has there ever been anything more tangible than that, aside from the imagination of, of, of artists? Yeah, look, I like to I like to look at pyramids and the fact that pyramids have you know they started to be constructed all around the world pretty much at the same time, a few hundreds of thousand years uh, before before Christ. Um, and they seem to be very aligned to a certain, um, they seem to all be aligned, if you like, uh, around planet Earth. You could, you could argue that pyramids are the easiest structure to build uh, in terms of uh, gravity and, and um, structural engineering but uh, pyramids have been you know they've been built in in southeast asia in central america south america in the middle east and uh, those civilizations had no interaction mm. between one another so on top of paintings and rock art you could argue that some of these structures have been built um, by various um, civilizations and um you know you, you wonder why um yes you could you could argue that it's it's to sort of you know pray pray the gods pray the sky or for better agricultural or you know better results in, in the military or but um like sam just said and you mentioned that they are we just don't know how these pyramids were built mm. uh, there's some stones that are 30,000 tons, um, and even today with modern technology, we don't have the precision to do that. Um, we, we can send a we can send a space a spacecraft to the moon, but we don't know how to build these pyramids uh, with such precision. It's just it, it's just fascinating. And there's no mortar in so any of them, is there? That, no. Sorry, that's right. So I'm not saying that the, the pyramids were, were built by ancient ancient alien, but I'm saying that you have to wander. Mm. And um, the mind does start you know, to wander, and, though. Um, then you start you start getting into that sort of stargate frame of mind, Sam. If you know what I mean, where the the, the dog aliens come and visit and that sort of stuff. Is it is it just the mystique around uh, Egyptology um, that that links them to aliens? The fact that we don't, as, as Julian said, we don't know how they constructed the pyramids, or we knew it was extremely difficult. Yeah, I think so. I mm. mean. That, that, that's that era of mystery, and we don't actually know what's what's fully inside these pyramids either, or, or why they were built. And I tell you, that's where the mystery comes from. And they're still digging up things all the time now, aren't they? I mean, they found some um, in the Valley of the Kings. There's a uh, not in your traditional where all the pyramids are, but not far from there, they've dug up a whole bunch of new ones I saw recently. So it's you know things happening all the time. It's just a fascinating civilization, I suppose. And so was the mines, you know, and they. Uh, they just seemed a lot more advanced for their time, and I think that's that's where it comes from. Um, Julian, I was actually going to ask you about Atlantis. Um, it's it, it's you know had several wild theories over the years. First of all, where it's located. You know, secondly, did it exist? Is it just the um, fabrication of I don't know Homer? <laughs> I don't know or someone like that. But you know, do, or was this sort of a land that was so advanced because it had had visitation with aliens well um i'm i'm probably not the best person to to discuss about atlantis but uh, of course we've all heard about the theory that uh, there may have been a, a civilization that uh, existed on atlantis and disappeared I, I i can't rule that out personally you know um, 
I'm, I'm trying to be very humble here. I can't rule that out. Uh, all I know is that, uh, you know, we found temples around um, around the, the world where we know that uh, there was no, these temples were built for a reason that we don't really understand. And that coincide with the start of agriculture about 10, 12,000 years ago. Um, and these temples, again, we don't really know how they were built the, in terms of engineering performance and architecture and structural engineering. So one could easily believe that uh, or talk about a theory of a, a civilization that uh, disappeared and was quite advanced. I mean, again, I like to refer to the work of Graham and Koch because that's what he tries to do. And he's been doing that for, for many, many years. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know. But um, why not? We, sh we should be able to discuss that without without being ridiculed or without laugh um, because it's it's about our our past and also you need to consider a couple of things the fact that um, uh, apparently homo sapiens sapiens um, has been able to talk because of one gene called it's called the allele gene i hope i pronounce it correctly in english and we don't really know the origin of that gene um, and it came about 60, 70,000 years ago. And that gene that we have in our pool of DNA allows to talk. And you can't find that gene in other type of um, or, or, um, or, or monids, if you like, like mm. Neanderthal or, or the, and, and another thing as well that um, um, I, I'd like to mention is that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, um, surely we don't, we're not aware. There's, there's, there's a whole pool of knowledge that we call the esoteric knowledge. You know, it, it seems that, for example, lamb, we have domesticated lamb, or we have domesticated many animals in our civilization with the birth of agriculture. And it, it, it seems with, our res, with research that, uh, for example, lamb or sheep was much smarter um, thousands of years ago. They had a bigger brain and they had a capacity to you know navigate around the environment and they were much smarter basically than than sheep uh, now that we domesticate so it's very possible that humans um, were smarter you know we, we tend to think that uh, humans 50,000 years ago were stupid cavemen uh, you know uh, making a fire and eating meat um, but in fact, it seems that uh, Homo sapiens, at least, uh, may have been very smart um, many, many years ago with, with capacities, uh, potentially talking about uh, telepathy, you know, or, or things like that. Uh, and so we, we need to be very careful when we talk about, you know, cavemen or, mm. you know, the, the, our ancestors living uh, as hunters and, and, and gatherers. Uh, because and and they had a very good knowledge of the environment and a very good knowledge of the sky. So you have to wonder if there may have been advanced civilizations uh, existing before, and and it it looks like there has been. I'm not sure about Atlantis, but uh, I'm sure I'm convinced that there is knowledge that's been kept away from the general public. That's my conviction. I suppose for me is 
well, the big question, Sam, for me is if these civilizations were so advanced and 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 had the facilities to withstand things that other civilizations in terms of weather and all that sort of stuff couldn't due to them, you know, being so advanced, um, why didn't those civilizations progress? Maybe they did and they're not here. Yeah. Do you think they left the planet? Maybe they did. Well, that's not the worst idea. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a good one. Didn't think of that. Because um, it was because they were just had it with this place. They were top dog, and they said, "Let's just go somewhere else." Or, what do you think? They'd already made a connection with with visitors. Maybe they did. Mm. I mean, it's it's up for discussion, really, isn't it? It is. Or are yeah. these people the people that we refer to as the elites? Yeah, um, I heard. Are these yeah. the ones? That, are we the ones being farmed? Well, that's that was was getting to that actually. We um, had a friend yeah. of the show, Dan Bagner, was on uh, a couple of years back, and he was talking about reptilians. Now, I don't want to really go down that route um, because it's it's separate to what we're talking about here. But he did talk about we were talking about gene expression uh, before Julian, and he spoke of about a, yeah. an Adam two um, that the an ancient alien race, I think one of the ones that live in Mount Shasta, I'm not sure exactly, I think it could have been those ones. Um, have you heard of this yeah. before, this Adam 2, basically the start of their human experiment and that's sort of the, that was the name they gave to the biology involved. Um, he he felt that that had been yeah. brought here by, is it the, how do you pronounce it, Anunnaki? Anunnaki. Anunnaki, that's it. Anunnaki. He felt it could have been brought um, here and that was sort of the genesis of man, uh, so to speak. Personally, I subscribe more to that with some sort of um, primordial spat that's kind of made its way from, you know, somewhere else and, and set up camp here and, and you know, evolved, um, you know, the DNA material, perhaps from Mars, which may or may not have been inhabited at some point, could have travelled here, given it's our closest neighbour. Yeah. Um, I think I think that has yeah. some legs. Uh, look, I just want to say that um, coming from my environmental uh, background, you know, I've been working for 20 years in uh, trying to reduce uh, global warming. Climate change is real. For those who still doubt that, it's a reality. Um, and um, you know, we are a species that's only a few thousands of years old, and we are already doing gene manipulation, biotechnology, nanotechnology. We are. We're very arrogant. Uh, we we try to think that we are in charge of the planet. We've destroyed the planet. Uh, we're currently experiencing the Anthropocene. What we say is that it's one of the biggest mass extinction of species on Earth because of, of humans. Uh, we're now facing consequences around the globe with massive bushfires in Canada, Amazon, Siberia, Australia. We see floods. Uh, so. In just 50,000 years, we've been able to to manipulate the, the, the gene, um, and we've been able to to impact a, a whole planet and and the entire ecosystem. So it would be very arrogant to think that you know we are the only one. I, I believe, I firmly believe that it's very possible that, uh, like Sam said, we, we're being potentially being farmed. We're being a, an experiment. The, the the zoo theory of the, 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 the you know the, a zoo you know like uh, and and so we need to be able to I think it's going to reshape a lot of ideas and philosophies in our society just like Galileo when he you know it took three hundred years for the Catholic Church to accept the um, the scientific discovery of Galileo that um, the Earth was not the center of the universe but was just a planet 
revolving around the sun. And it may just take another two or 300 years for our civilization if we still, if we survive. <laughs> um, well, it's almost like- It may just take, mm. you know, it may take 300 years for, for the powers at B and, and the general population to accept that we are not alone. We are not on top of the food chain. Uh, we potentially the, the byproduct or an experiment of another civilization. And that um, I believe that they are benevolent, very benevolent um, uh, beings from other civilizations, and they are malevolent beings as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could call reptilians, angels, um, Nordics, you know, there are all sorts of things that I've read in the few years, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a complex reality. That's what I, I try to um, explain with my website is that it's a very complex reality. Uh, just like the world or your kitchen could seem very complex uh, for an ant or mm -hmm. a cockroach, you know. So, so it's not simple. And we need to be able to think outside the box and we need to be able to discuss these ideas between the scientific, amongst the scientific community. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we may be the product of, a, we may be someone else's property. Yes. Not God's property. So we could be sitting in a in a um, large alien child sort of petri dish, um, and there's sort of, <laughs> and this is the end result. And as we know, time is a human construct, as we discussed, Sam. So I mean, we this whole experiment could have been sort of just a couple of couple of semesters or something, couldn't it? To them, could have been. You know, you never really know. And. Sticking with the outlandish theory that we may have come from Mars um, originally, if we bring in a uh, climate change aspect, as Julian mentioned, um, we've sort of stuffed up one planet, so I'll stuff up this one and then we'll go back to Mars. How does that sound for an idea? Yeah, um, yeah. look, I don't know what Sam wants to say, but <laughs> I just want to say that uh, when I see, look, to be honest, when I see those billionaires, uh, you know, you know, Bezos and Richard Branson. And, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to name people, but, uh, you know, when I see these people spending billions of dollars just for, you know, a quick ride ar around around the planet Earth, I think the money should be better spent. Uh, you know, my, my partner, she works for a, a large non-for-profit to try to alleviate children's poverty. Uh, I think that's a priority. I, I've been working in climate change mitigation for two decades. And uh, I think if as a species we can't do that, then I don't think we deserve to be, to have, you know, the most advanced civilizations uh, lending on the, on the loan of the, of the White House and, and, and share the technology with us. Um, I, th I think the century, the 21st century ahead of us uh, is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a radical shift or it's not going to be anything at all. And, um, you know, there's a spin around, you know, there's a potential conflict with China. That worries me, uh, especially being in Australia. Mm. And um, I hope that... Um, I hope that we can discuss the topic of, you know, ancient aliens and UFOs and, and life uh, because I think it could be a tool to make us a bit wiser and, and question our values as a society uh, and question the impact we have on this planet. Couldn't have said it better myself. Actually, I would have said it a lot worse than that. So. <laughs> There's an old Irish saying, um, clean up your own backyard before you go knocking on your neighbor's door. So perhaps that's what we have to do. 
And with that profound note, that's the end of Occam's Razor episode 47. It came to you live tonight, East FM 88.1, 107.1 from the heart of historical Howick. A rainy, stormy sort of a Howick tonight, actually. Perfect for ghost hunting, Sam. Yeah. Uh, perfect for going straight home and going to bed. Us, yeah. Well, you've just knocked off, haven't you? <laughs> Fair play. And thanks for coming on, Julian. That was Julian um, Lagarde from uh, ufoparadigm.com. Check it out, it's a great looking site. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.